0: Clutch Athletics and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. The fourth and final golf major of 2019 is here, and the First Cut podcast is set to break down the Open Championship all week long. Join Kyle Porter, Mark Immelman, and me, Chip Patterson, because we're going to have you covered with a preview podcast as well as a post-round analysis after round two on Friday and following the round on Sunday. Be sure to subscribe to the First Cut podcast for coverage from Royal Portrush all week. And welcome back to the Cover Three Podcast here on CBS Sports. We are plowing on ahead with our award-winning preseason series. Count them up, the win totals by the Cover Three Podcast. Barton Simmons over there, Barton. We put the Big Twelve, the Pac-12 to bed. We moved to the Big Twelve today. Um, How so far? I feel like we've had some pretty good responses. We appreciate that. I think that you know it's it takes some time to be able to get the kind of depth that we get, and uh, I'm glad that the listeners are appreciating it. So if you haven't listened to the Pac-12, be sure you go back and uh, and listen to that. We're recording this one as Big 12 Media Days has actually begun. Not a ton of significant news, at least none that affects the win totals, but it's uh, Barton. It's tough sledding for the Big 12 kicking off its media days in the midst of the uh, insanity in Hoover, Alabama.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're trying to make their own splash over in uh, in Jerry world. Um, so, you know, they had, they had Lincoln Riley on today and uh, we'll, we'll get the full rundown of what, uh, what took place and what we saw uh, late in the week. So don't, don't, uh, don't doubt that we've got uh, the full, the full update, the full, um responses coming from everything we we've we've seen. Gary Patterson had a good talk today. Um so yeah, we'll we'll have we'll have some stuff to talk about.
0: Oh, you mean when he didn't mention Paul Christ's name, but basically said I knew he was uh trying to get an an offensive coordinator job at Texas and I used it as the anchor for my game plan in the Rose Bowl? No, <laughs> I I missed that part. <laughs> Gary huh. Gary Patterson said that he figured that and he he said the offensive coordinator at Wisconsin and the offensive coordinator at Boise State were both vying for the offensive coordinator job at Texas. That would be Brian Harson who did end up getting the job and Paul Christ. And he said you don't get the offensive coordinator job at Texas just running the ball. So I figured that he'd be wanting to throw it a little more and it worked to our advantage until the final <laughs> drive. Oh,
1: I didn't see that. You know Gary Patterson is is like low key uh, must-see TV when he is speaking to the media, especially in, in these sort of settings, because the, the guy has such a chip on his shoulder. All the time. He, he has so <laughs> many little, like, you know, humble brags or, like, just... just I mean, th- he can't resist kind of throwing some, some little jabs in there to sort of be like, what's up, like, I you know... Little old private school over here. We we you know we can play ball too. Like, it's uh it's kind of fun to just sort of listen to hear what we're you know where he's gonna come down.
0: Okay, so here's the way we are splitting up the Big Twelve. I I do this for the people, right? I re, I want to be able to have some kind of a good division in a league without divisions. So I, I paired up the Oklahomas and I paired up our Kansases. I I got all of our Lone Star schools together. And then I tried to create some competitive balance, and so I put Iowa State with uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, and then I put West Virginia with Texas, TCU, Texas Tech, and Baylor. We are going to start this episode with uh, the first grouping, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, and Iowa State, but before we do, Barton, we can't go any farther Without at least getting our proper introduction, right? Chip,
1: chip, chip we're normally a morning, a morning recording session uh, with the coffee in us and and you know, bright-eyed and ready to go. Uh, with with the evening, you know, where this is this is well past bedtime, kids are down, you know, schedule necessitated. We did it this way. I, I need a pick-me-up, brother. Here we Give go. Give it to me. As much as I think the the under is a safe up. play, like I can't even.
0: Count them Count them How many games gonna win this fall?
1: I can't fathom who wins. How many
0: games you gonna win this fall?
1: I just can't. I don't see it. It's not it's not on there.
0: It's not, not the
1: schedule I'm looking at. Unless there's another schedule somewhere.
0: That's right. I hope I didn't wake up the. Uh, I hope I didn't wake up your daughters.
1: <laughs> no, no, no worries. They're already awake. Like they're not. They're not. They're not going to sleep anytime soon. They're just up. If you hear like a screaming behind me, they're just yelling in their room somewhere.
0: Uh, we're going to begin with the Oklahoma Sooners, and just let's let's start with a little bit of. Non-news isn't news. Lincoln Riley on the microphone making a point to say, you know, Jalen Hurts still has to go win this job. Um, What kind of odds would I have to give you for you to bet that Jalen Hurts will not be the starting quarterback when the Oklahoma Sooners take the field against Houston for Sunday night football on September 1st?
1: I mean, there's not, there's not a that's off the <laughs> off board. The board. <laughs> yeah, there's not a bet I would take. There's, I mean, there's no way. I mean, this is the same guy that was talk, trying to talk up Austin Kendall last year. Sure. As, as I mean, and and frankly, I mean that was a lot more believable. Uh, I mean, we've seen Tanner Mordecai. Yes, yeah, Spencer Rattler, I think, is the truth. But this Jalen Hurts. You almost owe it to him. Like you, you almost even if you if there was if it's even close you almost just owe it to him and it's not going to be close but even if it was you recruited him there with with the expectation that he's going to be your starting quarterback he has the expectation he's going to be your starting quarterback you know the let's why even have the charade he's I, and I, I know why you have the charade cuz you want those guys engaged you want them competing and i guess i, and I so i'm not going to knock the charade but it's a charade
0: We've got a win total set for 10 and a half, and I'm, I'm right there with you. No chance. Um, or, as we mentioned, non-conference starts out against Houston, is South Dakota at home, and then at UCLA. So for 10 and a half, man, I mean, you're kind of making a prediction that either uh, there's going to be an upset there, whether it comes at the hands of Dana Holgerson or maybe uh, Chip Kelly figures out a way to pull off a little bit of a stunner, or... If you go under, then I think you are predicting that Oklahoma is probably not going to finish in first place or maybe there's parity. So, you know, as we dive into it, I think the Oklahoma over-under sets the stage for how you think the rest of the conference is going to break. So, Barton Simmons, are you going over or under 10.5?
1: Well, I'm, I'm going over, but this will not be on my locks, my locks picks um whenever we have that in in August um and I actually sort of have I don't know I've, I've, I've started pumping the brakes on this a little bit on the over um that's still a side I'm picking and but I, I also think uh, you know we've all, we've we've, we've kind of gotten a little bit drunk on Lincoln Riley and for good reason and he's been unbelievable um but you know there is, Four, I mean, four offensive linemen heading to the NFL. is I mean, that that is has got to affect an offense. And Creed Humphreys, Creed Humphrey is legit as at center. But and look, maybe may, you know, maybe Bill Beatenbaugh understands more than we do how good whatever the next crop is. I don't know, who, you know, Tyrese Robinson or Eric. Swinson or I, I don't know who I don't even know who the starters are so maybe those guys are are the real deal but I mean when you're losing four offensive linemen in the NFL <laughs> I think that you you expect the offense to take a slight step back you're, lo- you're losing one of the most you know one of the best quarterbacks in college football history you're replacing him with a really good quarterback in his own right but there's a little bit of doubt there um and then can the defense take the next step? I mean, if the defense just takes a step forward, none of that stuff really matters because we do trust Oklahoma offensively to be at least good. And, and the reason I took the over is because I do think that the defense will take a step forward because like, I'm, I'm just – as I just sit here and look at the depth charts, like Ronnie Perkins was an impact true freshman. Neville Gallimore was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list the other day. He's he was a guy we considered a, as a five star coming out of high school. Like he is a st- absolute stud. Mark Jackson, returning starter. Kenneth Murray. Like I saw, he is he. Get, I think he's getting like big big uh, Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year votes preseason.
0: What do you think? Uh, I, what What do you think about that?
1: I didn't really understand that, but. Whatever. I mean, he's getting them. Uh, um,
0: yeah, I mean, I like... He, like, he, is, I,
1: the, he is the preseason media pick for, for defense yes. player of the year, right?
0: Yes. Um, Like, I am so cynical about that selection that I just wonder if preseason July brain had people selecting Kay Murray from Oklahoma.
1: I think there were just, uh, you know like, what they probably like were doing? Wasn't, was like
0: that's not Kyler. That is Kenneth they were Murray. Like,
1: they were like, okay, who had, who's got the most returning tackles?
0: And of course, Oklahoma has a ton of tackles because they're an up tempo team. And
1: yes, so Kenneth Murray, I just looked. He had 155 tackles last year. Yes, yes. Okay, so if that's what people are basing it on, fine. But that's he's not the best. He's not the best defensive player in the Big 12. He's just not. But whatever. He's still good. He's still been he's still going in his third year, best and he was a true freshman starter. And then you get to the secondary and it's like Buki Radley Hiles, Trey Brown, um the Turner Yell kid who is played as a true freshman. They got uh I mean Robert Barnes, who was who's had some injury issues, but is really, really talented. Uh like there's just I mean I just know these names and I, I and I've said it before. Uh, so I'll keep saying it until I'm just wrong, but I just, I'm convinced they can play. And so I just think that if they can just improve and it seems like they can, then who's to say they can't go win them all again. I, I, I actually think that I've got a blues into Texas again in the regular season and winning all the rest.
0: I'm taking the over, but at the same time I have, as little trust in an Oklahoma team. I have, I have very little trust in this Oklahoma team and it's because of some of the things that you hinted at on the offensive side Um, and, and maybe not the offense in particular, but I mean, we're dealing in terms of returning production and returning experience. We're dealing with one of the most inexperienced teams in the country. One of the 15 most inexperienced teams in the country. And if that's the case, Then, man, like I do believe there's going to be a little bit of a a step back. The reason I'm sticking with the over is I really think they got a great draw with this schedule because their road games and conference play are Kansas, Kansas State, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. That means they get Iowa State, TCU. Texas Tech, West Virginia, and of course the Texas game is a neutral. I think that is an incredibly favorable conference draw for the Sooners, and one that sets up such that whether it is, you know, whether it's the the Texas game like you predicted, which again I would not be surprised to see. Uh, the a repeat of last year where maybe the Longhorns went in the regular season and the Sooners went in the big 12 title game or who knows, right. you know, but uh, sitting here at 10 and a half, looking at the fact that their road games in conference play are not, not necessarily all the bottom, but Baylor and Oklahoma state, in my opinion, are not one of the top three or three, maybe not three or four teams in the league. So mid tier big 12 teams and then some teams from near the bottom, yeah, I just yeah, no matter what way you cut it, unless again you want to just take a big swing on the Houston or the at UCLA, I just I don't see I don't see more than one conference loss on this schedule.
1: Well, I think the other thing, and and we'll this will come to light as we get through the Big Twelve, but I just think the Big Twelve is a really weird conference in the sense that aside from Kansas, like we don't know how good. Oklahoma State's going to be, how good Texas Tech's going to be, how good Kansas State's going to be. Like, we – there's there's some unknowns in this conference that could prove to be trickier games than they look on paper. And so, yeah, I just think we, we've – like, we're all drunk on Lincoln-Riley right now. Mm. And – for good reason. Right. No, I was, was going to say,
0: and I'm happy about it. You know, yeah. I'm, it's, I'm, it's I'm very been, tipsy on Lincoln Riley, but I'm, it's, I'm, it's, the it's, hangover it's, hasn't hit yet.
1: It's been fun slugging back these Lincoln Riley Brewski's. Right. But, you know, like what, like at some point, you know, we're going to sober up. There's going to be a hangover. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, at some point it will. Um, I don't think it's going to be next year. So if, if I guess my point is, if they're eleven and one this year, then I mean this is the this to me is probably the bridge year, if there is one in sight. If they're eleven and one this year, then look the hell out because they're they're not slowing down. and uh, and if if the defense gets going, they're only going to get better there too. So um, I, I think if you're trying to catch Oklahoma on a on a dip. I think I think this is the year to do it. I, I'm sitting here on the over, but I'm I'm not confident in it. Count them
0: up. Iowa State's over under set at eight. Uh, this is an Iowa State team that went eight and five a year ago, six and three in conference play. Uh, they lose David Montgomery, uh, but they get Brock Purdy back in his sophomore season after a nice first impression. They are thick up front I'm looking at a team that's really good in the trenches. I'm looking at Matt Campbell having the Cyclones in a position where uh, they are a model of consistency, not something that we're necessarily used to with Ohio State. I mean with excuse me, with Iowa State. So as they are sitting here at 8, how are you looking at the over under?
1: Uh I've got Iowa State at 10 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, again, all right. So first of all, uh, schedule. So, they got Iowa at home. They've got – so, in and in in terms of the games they should win, they, they've got all of those on the road with the exception of Oklahoma. And Oklahoma, you know, that's, it doesn't really matter where you're playing them. I guess it does. Yeah, it would be nice to have them at home. But – That might be a loss, regardless, is my point. Otherwise, they've got Oklahoma State at home. They've got Texas at home, TCU at home. They go to Baylor and they take that Iowa at home. So the schedule is pretty good. They got eight starters coming back on both sides of the ball. They got the entire offensive line coming back. They've got Brock Purdy coming back, who is one of the best. You know, what was, was you like all the talk about Trevor Lawrence and rightfully so? Like, there, you could make a you could have a discussion at the end of the regular season at the very least probably not at the end of the postseason but at least at the end of the regular season that Brock Purdy was the true freshman uh all-american quarterback because of what he did and turning that program around uh, and 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 just his productivity like he was really good it wasn't just you know just a jolt in the arm he was really good um yes they lose. Two of their, you know, two NFL guys. They lose Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery. But I just, this doesn't strike me as the type of team that is like, that is, that is overly dependent on the NFL superstar skill player, right? I mean, bro, David Montgomery didn't get that much run room to work with anyways. Now as their offensive line is going to be improved, I think that's... Their run game is not going to be better off without David Montgomery, but I think that they are growing as a program in the run game, and they got two four-star running backs coming in. By the way, in addition to some other guys that got some some burn last year, so I think the run game will be fine. I think that they will they'll replace Hakeem Butler by committee and be fine there. They've got big play guys on defense: Jaquan Bailey, Mike Rose, Greg Eisworth. Like all three levels are taken care of with a big-time player. I just think, and and this is, and I'm on the Matt Campbell train all the way. Like I, I just really believe that the culture's taken hold this season. So I think if you're looking for a team that is poised, sort of an off-brand team that's poised to, to really have a a breakthrough season, I think Iowa State is as good a candidate as there is in the country.
0: They are with Matt Campbell in a position where, like, if I'm an Iowa State fan, you've got to feel terrified about ten and two, but you would love ten and two if you're an Iowa State fan. Do you take ten and two and a Big Twelve championship game appearance, knowing that it almost certainly means Matt Campbell is the hottest coach on the board for the coaching carousel? Hell yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you can't be a yeah, of course, because because. And 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 Matt, the the beauty of Matt Campbell is he's not going to leave if if it's not Michigan State or Ohio State or um some program that is the is the right fit for him culturally. Like he's not just going to go and take I don't know Ole Miss. I, I I'd be shocked. If Matt Campbell left for Ole Miss, for example. Just not saying Ole Miss will be open, but that's certainly a possibility. And and so but but beyond that, you don't don't be a defeatist and just, hey, we want a coach that's gonna win as many games as he can so that everyone else in the country wants him, and then he's gonna leave the program better off. That's that's the way that's the way it works when you're in when you're fishing in the Iowa State Pond. And I, I think I think this is the year that he becomes truly the hot name in, in coaching. I mean, he's, he's already almost there, but I I think this is the year it happens where uh, every job that comes open, Matt Campbell's first call.
0: I think the T I I still, and and, and, you know, we're going to continue to unpack this. Like you mentioned with the big 12 being somewhat of uh, a question mark at a lot of spots, particularly once you get beyond the Oklahoma and Texas, but my pick is over officially. I will not jump to 10 and two. That is an amazing leap that I am encouraging and <laughs> applauding. And, and, you know, like when we have to pick a conference championship game type scenarios, I, Iowa state. I have as the only non Oklahoma, Texas that I would entertain putting in there the, what to do with like Iowa state at Baylor, what to do with, Iowa State, like end of the season at Kansas State, like is that a spot where uh, Chris kleiman has got the team playing as good as it's going to be playing after a full season? Like I don't think that the general talent level on the Cyclones is good enough for them to be free of getting beat, right? But as you mentioned before, you count the at Oklahoma as a loss. I am counting Texas in Ames as a W a big yeah. fat W for the Cyclones because that's, that's exactly a game that Iowa state wins. And man, I like, do, doesn't it seem like Iowa state could maybe even lose to Iowa in the Cyhawk trophy game, but then still make the big 12 title game. It's like that oh, kind of definitely. inconsistency that I'm seeing, which is the, the ceiling is competing for a big 12 title, but at the same time, I, I don't think the floor is seven wins. So if you're giving it to me at eight, I'm over all day. Well, well, I think,
1: I think that Iowa State is probably ahead. Uh, is ahead of Baylor in terms of the where the program is at. I mean, they are just chronologically speaking. I mean, Matt Campbell's been there what a year longer than Matt Rule
0: has. This is his fourth uh, year here.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rule's been there. This will be Rule's third. But that is. But I think I look at Iowa State, and there I think they're very much on the plane of Baylor, TCU. I think Oklahoma State would have to really improve to be on that plane. But, I mean, those three, I think, are to me, are similar this cycle. And Texas, no one's really putting them on that level. They're putting them, I think, on the tier above with Oklahoma. But I think they could be closer to that second tier as well to the point where I, I think that there is some – there's some toss-up games in there, and if a couple of those don't go the way Iowa State's way, then yeah, they could very easily be eight and four or seven and five or whatever. But I, I I do believe when you got five returning starters on the offensive line, four of them seniors, you've got leadership at every level of the defense. You've got a quarterback that you believe in. You've got skill talent that is is I think really competent. I'm I'm there, like I'm ready to. I'm ready to buy in. I'm, I'm ready to believe in something. And Matt Campbell's giving me something to believe in. Count them
0: up! Cue the music. Uh you like that? I like that a lot. What to, what to do with Oklahoma State, with Mike Gundy and his mullet? What to do with Les Miles and a Kansas team that does not have very high expectations along with Chris Kleiman and Kansas State? All that, next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, Chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so we move on to Mike Gundy from, you know, year four, Iowa State, Matt Campbell to year 15, Mike Gundy. You mentioned before the break that that would be a team that you need to see a lot of improvement on. They were 3-6 and six in conference play a year ago. They do end up making the bowl game at 7-6. and six. They're non-conference. They a pair of road games in non-conference at Oregon State, McNeese State at home, and then at Tulsa. I don't see the... I don't see on this schedule anything that is particularly favorable. You go at Texas, at Iowa State. Um, You know, if if we really believe that Oklahoma is on another tier, getting that game in Stillwater really turns into being more of an an upset special. But the the over-under here is down at six and a half. So how how are you reading this one?
1: Well, I'm – this was – I was right, like – There was a couple of games, and I think it was sort of that Kansas State Texas Tech swing. Like, do they lose both of those? Do they win both of those? Do they split both of those? And that was that was sort of the the fulcrum between six and six, seven and five. To me, I've got them at seven and five, so I've got them over. Certainly, don't feel great about it. Um, I I think I'd feel a little better about. Oklahoma State right now. If if Mike Gundy and we we got a cheat sheet on this one, we have heard Mike Gundy talk uh, at, at media days. And last year at media days, he announced Taylor Cornelius as the as the starter. I uh, I think I would feel a little bit better about Oklahoma if he came to media days and was like Spencer Sanders is is, is our starter and and that's our guy. We're riding him. Um, the fact that Drew Brown might still win this thing uh it concerns me a little bit uh and i don't think that if if i think spencer sanders needs to be an elite quarterback he's a redshirt freshman he was a four-star kid he's supposed to be good if he is an elite quarterback then i think suddenly this sort of transforms his team a little bit because they've got they've still got tylen wallace at receiver and Dylan Stoner and they've and Langston Anderson's a true freshman I think is going to be a beast and they've got players at the skill positions they always do but if there's if it's just a facilitator at quarterback then I think that that's that's sort of the difference here and so Drew Brown is very I think definitively a, a facilitator Spencer Sanders can't be more but is he ready for that yet The other thing about Oklahoma State that I am excited about I think uh Chubba Hubbard is like might be the best back in the Big 12. Sophomore. Yes. Sort of started breaking out tail end of the year last year. He's from Canada. He's got elite big time speed. He's also six foot one, two hundred plus. Uh I mean, he he could be one of the better backs in the country. And so I think they'll have a really explosive, dynamic option out of the backfield there, uh, and if they can sort of build around that, then then great. Um, I just so, but I've just man, the rest the rest of the conference is good though, so it's tough to find wins. So I've got them at seven and five, you know, splitting a few of those toss up games, winning all their non conference games, um, and I think this team's gonna be scary. But I just I don't know they're going to be as consistent maybe as a few others.
0: So you've got it over.
1: I'm over. I'm a half game over.
0: What is your nerve like? What would your nerves be about going to Tulsa?
1: I'm not. I'm not worried about Tulsa. Are you worried about Tulsa? I mm. mean, Tulsa. Tulsa is the Philip Montgomery era. Tulsa. I expected a lot out of, and I've gotten nothing out of. And so I think this is a team. I don't think this. I don't think this team is vulnerable in a Tulsa type game. I don't think they're vulnerable to losing to Oregon State. I don't think they're vulnerable to losing to Tulsa. Certainly not McNeese State. So they're three zero to start. They're going to lose to Texas, Kansas State, Texas Tech. That those are these are three teams that are probably on the same tier. Each could beat the other. They split that game. Those games. They they. Big, big program-elevating win, Baylor at home. Then they lose to Iowa State. They beat TCU, which is a big upset. They beat Kansas, and they lose their last two to West Virginia and Oklahoma. That's their schedule. That's how it happens.
0: All right. I've got Oklahoma State is over, too, but I wasn't quite sure. Like, ultimately, it came down to me believing truly in Mike Gundy. I think Mike Gundy is a we. I've, – I've mentioned before on this podcast, plus-value coach. I think Mike Gundy is a plus-value coach. And as I'm going for like I I give Matt Gundy a coaching advantage on a game to game level, not necessarily program building, but like when it comes down to splitting hairs and there being so many unknowns for me, at least on the personnel level, I, I think Mike Gundy's a plus value coach against Matt Rule. I think Mike Gundy is certainly a plus value coach against any coach that's in their first year at a program I've got Oklahoma state with a win against West Virginia. And uh, I mean, that's, that's how, that's how I get like my Oklahoma state feels like my Oklahoma where I've got a lot of concerns, but as I'm sitting here looking at the schedule and adding up the wins, I've, I've got this as a seven and five team and I've got them going over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think Gundy was asked about, so they hired Sean Gleason, Ivy League guy away from Princeton. Shout him out. As their new offensive coordinator. And he was asked at the press at the at the media day, hey, what you know, what's what's the offense gonna look like under Sean Gleason? And he was like, We're running the same offense, we got the same plays. And I think if you're a an Oklahoma State fan, that's probably encouraging. Basically, you're getting someone that's gonna come in and bring a few new ideas. You get bring get someone that's going to come in and coach the quarterbacks, who's done a great job of developing quarterbacks in the Ivy League. But this is this is Mike Gundy basically hunkering down and being like, "Let's get back going and get back to ten wins." Um, and you know this is also year two of the Jim Knowles era defensive coordinator. Um, and I and I thought Mike Gunny had some interesting things to say there too about how how Jim Knowles had to sort of get used to the league and how everyone tries to score score every play in this league and how you know it's almost like you have to coach defense a little differently in the Big Twelve because he you know he's not used to offensive coordinators not trying to get to third and short you know they're they're trying to score points every single play uh, and that's a different style than than he's used to at Duke um, and so. You know, this was. Uh, I think there's. So they'll be year two there, um, and they've got some good court. They've got some. I think they've got some pretty good defensive players. So they've got a chance. And you know, I, like I, I tried to pick a few upsets on their schedule, and certainly, you know, hey, they they could win West Virginia, um, and you know, maybe they don't beat TCU though, and so then they're back at seven to five. But there's there's eight there's eight or nine wins on there if they, if they really do tighten the screws. Um, but I think seven and five feels like the, the, you know, the way this team is trending. Count them
0: up. Kansas state has an over under in Chris Kleiman's first year of five and a half. Uh, right now at the FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey, it's split in terms of the juice about, uh, you know, minus value over and under. So at five and a half, the, the, Initial read on the number for me for the coach that's going to be taking over for Bill Snyder, that was like, you look at it and you think, all right, well, if Kansas State makes it to a bowl game, my initial thought would be that's a really good debut season for Chris Kleiman. And so, like, the the personnel is going to be a little bit tough. Um, I what What's your level of confidence in knowing what – exactly the wildcats are going to be like
1: i have very little very little confidence in in knowing what kansas state's going to look like uh i mean i this i mean this was a tough one because i think that he's not gonna have a personnel advantage and I honestly think it, at North Dakota State, in most games they played, they probably did have a personnel advantage. Um, they had a talent advantage, and that's weird to say because it's at South Dakota State. But I mean, and they and I mean for Kansas State fans, I mean they they were recruiting to a program that had a great tradition, yes, but but they also did evaluate and develop that talent advantage. I don't think he's going to come in with a talent advantage at Kansas State, and that's the, and that's where. There's going to be – I don't think they're going to win most of their toss-up games. And and not every game is a toss-up game. So they're going to lose a couple too in addition to those. So I've got them at five and seven. Um, I think what's encouraging if you're at Kansas State is they're – Chris Kleinman, blue-collar coach, going to have a culture of like toughness, hard nose, pro-style – that kind of stuff, right? Well, that shouldn't be tough to adapt to for the current roster. I mean, those guys are as blue-collar hardworking from as blue-collar hardworking a coach as there is. So that transition won't be hard. And I think the double bonus is as much as Bill Snyder was respected and is respected, and as much as probably all those guys on that team are are thankful the opportunity they had to, to play for him, I've got a hunch he's not necessarily beloved. You know? I, I don't think that they're gonna be they're gonna be rejecting Chris Kleiman and his staff. I think that they're gonna be cause cause Chris Kleiman strikes me as someone that's coming in with a more of a uh, let's 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 lock arms and and um, and and get together and do this and build a team and I, Bill Snyder didn't even know everyone's name.
0: Well, yeah, team. it it is impossible based on Bill Snyder's comments and his actions, particularly when it comes to transfers, for us to feel like he was a pro player coach in the final years of his career. I'm sure he cared very much about the well-being of all the young men on the roster and in the building, but if we are dividing up coaches on a, you know, where do you stand on certain issues, I think that Bill Snyder, without a doubt, could not be thrown into the player first mentality.
1: No, you think anybody's walking into Bill Snyder's office with uh, with girl problems? I mean, <laughs> no, like and, and oh, I thought you were gonna take that. I
0: thought you were gonna take that like. You think Bill Snyder? What do you think Bill Snyder's response was when someone said, "I'm going into the transfer portal"?
1: <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah, that that was a that was a, a I'm sure a really understanding conversation. No, I mean they. Chris Kleiman is, I mean, it, the, the beauty of this is you get this chiseled, uh, tough, hardened, calloused roster of players, who are also probably excited about a, a tough, hard nosed program that also can, you know, maybe, you know, maybe open the open the office for for a kid every once in a while too. Um, so you know their, their division line will be good i think skylar thompson a quarterback with with the you know kind of the job all to himself is has got a chance to to grow significantly um, and they're going to beat some, they're going to upset some teams but I, I you know it's hard to really have a lot of confidence in in them going bowling
0: how many games are going to win this fall and uh, and finally wrapping up this part 1 of the big 12 win totals the kansas Jayhawks. Uh, three and a half is our over under for year one with less miles. It's, uh, it's a little bit, little bit of uphill sledding here. Um, I honestly, I got them going under. I've got no reason to think that Kansas is ready to make a leap. And I wonder if even setting the number at three and a half is imagining that there's some less miles magic that is going to get sprinkled on the Jayhawks where I am not willing to take that step.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I have uh, like I'm, t- I'm not only am I under, but like I'm tempted to, for under to be a lock for me. Uh, I mean, I, I have very little faith in the less miles tenure right now, based on everything that sort of we've seen so far. Um, now, I do think they're recruiting well in 2020. I think that if they start to get a more talented roster, then perhaps those things things start to look up. But I mean, they're going to be working even this this year with a significantly depleted roster from a scholarship standpoint. Just based on the way David Beatty was was using blue shirts and trying to win now and save his his job, he he totally cut the legs out from under this new staff. In terms of being able to add depth and, and a full allotment of scholarships, um, so that's a problem. I think when you just look at what Les Miles did, offensive coordinator wise, I mean he uh, Chip Lindsey was supposed to be his OC. He leads to go take Troy, understandable. Uh, he he missed on a couple other guys. I, I I I know Ryan the the Ryan Silverfield, the Memphis offensive line coach, was a guy that they tried to go get, and he stayed. Um, they end up going with Les Kenning, who's uh, who was the
0: at, running back at coach Illinois at somewhere, Southern Miss last <laughs> yeah. year. You
1: know, it's like, and then he's been around the game for a minute, so he's had times being an OC. But I, I have this. This is just a couple old heads getting together, you know, who've who schemed up some plays fifteen years ago. You know, I mean, there there's there's nothing new coming out of of Lawrence. Offensively, this is going to be old school stuff, and I just don't think this is not the time to be uh to to not be innovative in this conference of all places. So, I just have very little faith in what they're going to be able to muster. Uh, and I think that there is a little bit of there's probably a half game, maybe one game less miles bump on that win total and I just don't think that Les Miles brings that sort of bump at least not in year one maybe it takes maybe a couple years when they got some more talent and and he's got some time to build that program up a little bit but I just I don't think he's going to be an overnight flip of the switch here
0: Indiana State can be a win Coastal Carolina is not even a lock at Boston College is almost certainly a loss in my book and I will only give him one Big Twelve win, and that one Big Twelve win is probably whatever less miles magic there is.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if there's a Big Twelve win, uh, and Indiana State, uh, I mean, they were uh, they were seven and four last year. Finished the season beating Western Illinois, number twenty two Illinois State. They won their last five games, beat South Dakota, who's a good team, always beat Youngstown State. I mean, I'm just saying, Indiana State, and, and they're not going to try, they're not going to try the, to win where that where thing too. Where the
0: hell, too. is it, do you have like a Redbirds media guide over there? No, I'm sitting
1: here looking at their schedule right now. They lost in, they lost in overtime to South Dakota State, who was one of the best teams in the country last year in FCS. Okay. Just saying, man. Just saying.
0: Indiana State expert, Barton Simmons, <laughs> laying down the law. All right, so we're both on uh, under. Hopefully, there'll be a, a good bit more disagreement Next time, because it sounds like we're kind of on the same page here uh, with the first batch of Oklahoma, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Kansas. Uh, In the next episode, we'll be hitting you with Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, and West Virginia. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Barton, thank you very much.